Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar, and this is going to be episode 49. And we're going to do a subject. It's going to be about Judas Iscariot. So let's open up uh, with the profession of faith. Uh, In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead, and he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. St. Joseph, Guardian of the Holy Church, pray for us. St. Thomas Aquinas, pray for us. And St. Michael the Archangel, defend us from evil in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I'm going to read to you a passage from the the Gospel of St. Matthew. It's going to be chapter 26, uh, starting from verse 14 down to verse 25. Then one of the twelve, who was called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What will you give me if I deliver him to you? And they paid him thirty pieces of silver. And from that moment, he sought an opportunity to betray him. Now, on the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Where will you have us prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to such a one and say to him, The teacher says, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he sat at table with the twelve disciples. And as they were eating, he said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were very sorrowful and began to say to him, one after another, Is it I, Lord? He answered, He who has dipped his hand in the dish with me will betray me. The Son of Man goes as it it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. Judas, who betrayed him, said, Is it I, Master? He said to him, You have said so. Okay. You would think we, being the fact that we're in the first week of Easter, we would be past this. But unfortunately, it seems a lot of people have an obsession with Judas Iscariot, the traitor. And unfortunately, people seem to have this obsession to redeem him. 
Uh, the reason why is I was looking at YouTube now that we're in the quarantine. I have no other thing to do but to stay in the house and uh, read or uh, try to come up with ideas to do podcasts. But also I want to apologize to you, my friends, because I really tried very hard for this Lent to do the sadness of Christ. I wanted to do it so well, but unfortunately, uh, well, I had time in my job when I was working, you know, before the, all this, before this quarantine. And it's like the whole world turned upside down. Suddenly this coronavirus thing came up. And as soon as, um, even though I had vacation time coming to me, it came exactly around the time of the coronavirus started ironic. And it seemed, um, that, you know, suddenly when you, everybody's talking about lockdown, uh, you go to the supermarket and suddenly you see long lines of people and, <laughs> I, you know, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen so many people walking down the streets with gigantic, literally toilet paper. I saw a family walking down the street in Brooklyn. Like this guy had two gigantic bags of toilet paper. And I don't know if she was his wife or his sister. She was a family member and she had toilet paper behind her. And then they had another person behind them and they all walked into the same apartment. And I'm like, wow, I hope there's room for, for, for family members because those toilet papers are going to be taking space. But I, I'd never seen anything like it. It was true. People went nuts. But anyway, uh, going back to the subject matter, it seemed there's an obsession with people with Judas Iscariot. What is the obsession with Judas Iscariot? Why do some people <clears throat> want to redeem him? And I think it's guilt. I mean, think about it. If you are too smart for your own good, if you're a scholar, a theologian, or you you are a pastor in religion. And I mean, I, I do believe <clears throat> some have this obsession because I think it's not an obsession. I think it's a business. You know, you write books, you get them published, you make money, you're invited to talks and you, um, you're on TV a lot and you're, uh, you're pitching your book. Uh, they make documentaries and you know, the more, the merrier, the more money. And honestly, I think it is deceptive. I think it's wrong. I think it's damaging. I mean, remember those days, I don't know if you remember, um, back in the nineties and into the two thousands, there was an obsession with religion. Um, CNN would do a lot of, um, <clears throat> uh, Every Easter or Christmas, they would always put, you know, Jesus on the cover of Time of uh, National Geographic. They always do that every year. This like something about Jesus or the birth of Christ during Christmas and Time magazine would do the same thing. 
uh, Newsweek would do the same thing. Then there would be History Channel would have a whole bunch of stuff. If it's not about World War II and the Nazis, um, if it's not about Satanism, then they're going to turn to the Bible. And they're going to have subject matters about mysteries of the Bible, mysteries about Jesus. And of course, there was that time when the Da Vinci Code came out. And there was even a comic book. You believe it? There was a comic book, graphic novel. I think it was three parts. And it was about Judas Iscariot. And it made Judas the necessary bad guy. That literally Judas saved Jesus in hell. Blasphemous as it is. It was basically all mostly inspired by the so-called lost Judas gospel. That's what it was. And it was, it was blasphemous. It was on com, uh, comicology, uh, owned by Amazon. And me being the curious one, I had to check it out <clears throat> and it was really stupid and blasphemous. Uh, they want to make him sympathetic they want to make him, even in, I had to say it, even in Jesus of Nazareth, the famous classic late 1970s miniseries by Franco Zeffirelli made Judas into a uh, sympathetic character. He wasn't like somebody that the devil entered him. It made him like he wanted to force the hand of Jesus. So he was misguided. Even Zeffirelli had a sympathy towards Judas. If you ever see the Jesus of Nazareth series, it's a great series. Um, but it was a film of its time. And then there were a whole bunch of other um, Bible films that made Judas look misguided. Even King of Kings, the classic King of Kings movie, made in 1961, made Judas misguided. He wanted to force the hand of Jesus. And then there, you know, and even the King of Kings was a very cautious film. Um, Jesus of Nazareth was slightly cautious. Um, Gibson, um, in his Passion of the Christ, I think, you know, I mean, yeah, I would say there's a slight little sympathy and sorrow for him. I don't know why everybody ignores the part where it says in there better that he was not born. Um, Cardinal Sarah um, has something here in an article. This is an article. It's called Alas, Judas Iscariot. And the article was printed. I'm trying to see here. It's a book he he put out I'm trying to see the year well it doesn't have it but let me see if I can go further ah 2019 it's 2019 it's a book he he put out called the day is now far spent by card by Robert Cardinal Sarah and here it begins with an interest. And let me try to read some of it here. Why speak once more? In my last book, I invited, invited you to silence. However, 
I can no longer be silent. If these were silent, the very stones would cry out. Luke chapter 19, verse 40. And there's a quote here from William Shakespeare from Macbeth. A traitor is one that swears and lies. Very interesting. I like that. And it's from uh, Catholic Education Resource Center. So I'm going to read some of it. I must no longer remain silent. Christians are disoriented every day from all sides. I receive calls for help from those who no longer know what to believe. Every day I meet in Rome with priests who are discouraged and wounded. The church is experiencing the dark night of the soul, the mystery of iniquity, involving and blinding her. Every day, the most terrifying news reports reach us. Not a week goes by without the revelation of a case of sexual abuse. Each one of these revelations comes to rend our hearts as children of the church. As St. Paul VI used to say, we are being invaded by the smoke of Satan. The church, which ought to be place of light has become a dwelling place of darkness it ought to be a res uh, a source of security and he's right so he 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 recognizes that there is evil he recognizes the problems um, a place of light has become a dwelling place of darkness it ought to be a source of peaceful family home but look it has, it has become a den of thieves. How can we tolerate the fact that predators have entered among us into our ranks? Many faithful priests believe every day as attentive shepherds, kindly fathers, and, and sure guides, but some men of God have become agents of the evil one. They have sought to defile the pure souls of the little ones. They have humiliated the image of Christ that is present in every child. Priests throughout the world have felt humiliated and betrayed by so many abominations. Following Jesus, the church is experiencing the mystery of, of, of the scourging. Her body is lacerated. Who is inflicting the lashes? The very ones who ought to love and protect her. Yes, I make so bold as to borrow the words of Pope Francis, the mystery of Judas hangs over our time. Allow me to read to you another passage from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 12, verse 1, all the way down to verse 7. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. There they had made a, a supper. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at table with him. Mary took a pound of costly ointment, a pure nard, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the ointment. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold 
for three hundred denarii and given to the poor. This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and he had the money box, he used to take what was put into it. Jesus said, let her alone, let her keep it for the day of my burial. The poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. Gospel of the Lord. So, why do they keep trying to redeem and rehabilitate Judas Iscariot? Why do these men in the church do this? Is it possibly psychological on their part? Is it possibly a sign of guilt? Are they possibly, in most cases, they know that they are Judas? I just read to you an article from Cardinal Sarah. He talks about the horrible thing, you know, with this pedophile and sexual abuse. You know, here he says here, I'm going to go down, I'm going to skip a few lines. Allow me to meditate with you on the figure of Judas. Jesus had called him like all the other apostles. Jesus loved him. He had him sent he he had sent him to proclaim the good news. But little by little doubt had taken hold of Judas' heart. He started to judge the teachings of Jesus. He told himself this Jesus is too demanding, not very effective. Judas wanted to make the kingdom of God come to earth right away by human means and according to his personal plans. However, he had heard Jesus tell him, your thoughts are not my thoughts. Your ways are not my ways. He's quoting Isaiah 55 verse 8. Despite everything, Judas distanced himself. He no longer listened to Christ. He no longer accompanied him during those long nights of silence and prayer. Judas took refuge in worldly affairs. He busied himself with the purse, money, and commerce. The liar continued to follow Christ, but he no longer believed. He mumbled, on, on Holy Thursday, the master washed his feet. His heart must have been quite hardened, for he was not moved. The Lord was there in front of him, on his knees, a humble servant washing the feet of the one who was to hand him over. Jesus, Jesus looked at him one last time, his eyes full of kindness and mercy. But the devil had already entered into Judas' heart. He did not lower his eyes. He, and internally he must have pronounced the, the ancient words of rebellion. I will not serve. During the Last Supper, he took communion even though his plan was set. This was the first sacrilegious communion in history, and he betrayed him. I, I agree with, I agree with him. But I don't think Judas, Judas was always far away. Jim Bishop has the fact that Judas was probably not a Galilean. He he wasn't. 
he was probably a rebel and he might have betrayed his fellow rebels, you know, fighting with the Romans, or he might have just didn't care. The fact remains is we're not given much about anything about him. The gospel never has Judas asking a spiritual question about the mysteries of Jesus's teachings. We don't have many words. We, we have the fact that he betrayed him in the garden, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. There's a scene, I do believe it's probably betrayed in Luke where Mary wash, anoints the head and feet of Jesus. John has Judas asking, why wasn't this sold, the, the, the nard, the ointment, for money and given to the poor? And John says he said this, not that because he cared about the poor, but because he was in charge of the money box and he was a thief. He took whatever he wanted. I mean, he sounds like the modern day cleric, the modern day bishops we have today. They're always talking about raising more money, raising money for their programs. They're talking, they, they, they're so busy with the world that they don't care about Jude, uh, you know, Jesus. They don't care about the church. They're so concerned to rubbing elbows with politicians and, and, and going to conferences. The one place they don't want to be in is among their own flock. And they're concerned about this. And they're concerned about that. And they're closing down parishes and, and merging parishes because they because the fact that they have so many lawsuits, they have to find a way to, to pay for it. <sighs> I really wanted to do a, uh, the whole, I wanted to focus on the, the betrayal of Judas when I was doing the sadness of Christ. I wanted to get to the part of the meat and potatoes to try to draw a picture of the man. But honestly, it's imp I think the best thing to do is, is just accept the fact that Satan entered him. And this is the part no one wants to talk about. The fact that the man was a devil. Jesus said it in the Gospel of John. I have picked you 12, but one of you is a devil. At the Last Supper, he washed their feet and he said to them, you are, you are clean, but not all. He was talking about Judas. He, puts the, he talks about the man who dips in the dish with me, the one who I give this piece of morsel to. And the minute... He gave him the morsel. John, the apostle, the beloved said, Satan entered him. Let's, don't let anybody fool you. Judas Iscariot was a devil. He was a devil. And he's the father of all bad, evil priests. He's the father of bad bishops, of evil, wicked bishops. He's the father of pedophiles. He's the father of money-hungry, grubbing clerics. All right? He's the father of bad Christians, of bad Catholics. All right? The ones who push for abortion push for contraception, push for gay marriage. 
the one who still wants to call himself a good Christian, a good Roman Catholic. That's who he is. He's still with us. He's still walking among us. And that's who he is. Judas, for all eternity, the traitor's name and his shadow hangs over us today. Yes, like him, we have, be we have betrayed. We have abandoned prayer. The evil of the efficient activism has infiltrated everywhere. We seek to imitate the organization of big businesses. We forget that prayer alone is the blood that can course through the heart of the church. We say that we have no time to waste. We want to use this time for useful social work. Someone who no longer prays has already betrayed. Already he is willing to make all sorts of compromises with the world. He is walking on the path of Judas. He's right. We are all social work, Catholic social justice, liberation theology. Notice what he says. We could have sold the ointment, the, the perfume, and give it to the poor. There's your social justice people. There's the man of there's the patron saint of social justice. Right there. That there you have it. Cardinal Sira is is right. He's writing really he's really good. He doesn't he doesn't hold any punches there. We need to do something about this. We need to start becoming Bible-believing Catholics, liturgical Catholic. We need to create a Catholic culture, a culture of prayer and holiness. We need to demand that we take our church back. We need to support good bishops, good priests. We need to, to, to really create a liturgical culture. We need it. We can't go on like this. We can't go on. We need, to, we need to have a Eucharistic culture, a culture of sanctification, a, a culture of the sacrament. We need to, to bring that back. Enough with the social justice nuns, enough with the social justice priests, enough with the social justice Catholics, enough of it. We have to go back to the sacraments. We have to create a, a culture of sacraments, a sacramental culture, a culture of grace, a culture of prayer, a culture of sanctification, a culture of holiness. We need to create a, that kind of culture. No more of this. I'll go back to the article again. All sorts of things are challenged and we tolerate it. Catholic doctrine is called into question in the name of the so-called intellectual positions. Theologians amuse themselves by deconstructing dogmas and emptying morality of its profound meaning. Relativism is the mask of Judas disguised as intellectual. How then can we be surprised to hear that so many priests break their commitments, re relativize the meaning of celibacy, we claim the right to have a private life, which is in contrary to the priest's mission. Some go so far as to claim the, the right to perform homosexual acts. Scandals follow one another among priests and among bishops. Uh, 
The mystery of Judas is spreading. Therefore I want to say to all priests, stray, stay strong and upright. Certainly because of a few ministers, you will all be labeled as homosexuals. They will drag the Catholic Church through the mud. They will present her as though she were uh, she were made up entirely of hypocritical, power-hungry priests. Let not your heart be troubled. On Good Friday, Jesus was charged with all the crimes in the world, in Jerusalem. And Jerusalem shouted, Crucify him, crucify him. Notwithstanding the tenacious investigations the sh that show you the disastrous situation of irresponsible churchmen who have an interior life that is so anemic in command of the very government of the church. Remain calm and confident like the Virgin and St. John at the foot of the cross. That's very good. That's very good. Anemic, spiritually anemic. I like that. Well, unfortunately... This is what we have. He continues here. The immoral priests, bishops, and cardinals will in no way tarnish the luminous testimony of more than 400,000 priests throughout the world who every day and faithfully serve the Lord in holiness and joy. Despite the violence of the attacks that she may suffer, the church will not die. This is the Lord's promise and his word is infallible. Christians are trembling, wavering, doubting. I want this book to be for them, to tell them, do not doubt, hold fast to the doctrine, hold fast to prayer. I want this book to strengthen the faithful Christian and priests. The mystery of Judas, the mystery of betrayal, is a subtle poison. <laughs> I like it. It's, uh, yeah, the day, it's basically the day is far, is now far spent. That's referring to the passage on the road to Emmaus when he accompanied two disciples and he started opening, this is during the day of the, of the resurrection. Remember that? And then he, the Lord was walking, they couldn't see it was him and he started explaining the scriptures. He opened the Psalms and the prophets and then at the table, they said to him, please stay with us for the day is far spent. And he broke the bread and their eyes were opened. It's very good. It's very good. It's, uh, the day, the day is now far spent. Well, I'm going to get the book. <laughs> I'll get the Kindle version. Um, it's, you know, I always liked Cardinal Sarah. I, Honestly, I felt he should have been Pope. I was rooting for him. When Benedict stepped down, I was rooting for Cardinal Sarah. I wanted him to be a Pope. I still want him to be Pope. <laughs> it's, you have to understand something. There, there is nothing about him. He goes, he hangs himself. All right? The difference between Judas and Peter, Peter wanted to be taken back. There's a beautiful scene in Jesus of Nazareth. After Peter denied the Lord three times, the scene happens right after 
the death of the Lord on the cross. This is in the movie Jesus of Nazareth by Franco Zeffirelli. And there's a scene where Judas is sitting down by a doorway where the steps lead down. And the rain is coming down. And he knows that the Lord passed, passed, passed away, died. And he's crying. The actor who's playing, uh, the actor, which I can remember his, I think, Fontaine or something. He's Italian-American and he turns out he grew up in Brooklyn. <laughs> That's why I remember that part, but his name I can't remember. But he's crying, Lord, forgive me, my God, please help me. He realizes he failed him. He betrayed, he denied him three times as it was predicted. That was a beautiful scene because I think a lot of us who love our Lord, who want to be close to him, I wanted to be close to Jesus, this, this Lent. I wanted, you know, I wanted to be close with him. And I think the problem is, is that we can't, we have to think of Lent, not just during the days leading to Easter. We have to, you know, Advent is sort of like a Lent as well. Every day of the year, we need to figure out a way to get closer to him. You want to get to know Jesus through the Gospels. You want to get to know Jesus through prayer. And you want to get to know him. And I think it's okay. It's good to use your imagination because I think your imagination, because our Lord was human and he had a, and he had an imagination. His imagination was perfect, you know, to, to visualize yourself talking with him. Um, whenever I had problems with certain sins when I have problems with you know, with things that got in the way. I used to, I tried using St. Teresa of Avila, her interior castle, interior mansion. And one of the things I used was I, I imagined working in the garden. I imagined the image um, like the kind of garden my grandparents had back in the Holy Land when I used to live with them as a kid, as a child in the, in the West Bank, when I, you know, I was, I was born here, but I spent a couple of years over there. And I remember, um, my grandmother used to pull out weeds when she wanted to plant, uh, uh, you know, tomatoes or cucumbers. And she would, her and my grandfather would pull them out. And for some reason I imagined visualized the image of, um, now that I'm Catholic, I imagined removing sins, removing things from me that were in the way as pulling out weeds. They used to pull out these things, these from the ground, and they used to throw them in this furnace. They would bring out this, um, they would plant the fire and burn it. And she would try to make sure that all of it would get burned, that none of it would, would wind up in the, in the soil because or else the seeds would spread and there'll be new weeds. 
So she would do that. And I remember that, my grandfather and her. So when I had to do examination of conscience before I went to confession, this would always appear in my head because after reading St. Teresa of Avila, I would visualize that for some reason. You know, she would visualize the fact that you are sort of pruning yourself. You're, you're trimming, you're, you're removing away the obstacles between you and Jesus. You know, it's sort of like cleaning your room, like your mother and father forcing you to clean your room. So, you know, you, you want to, you know, whenever I have to clean my room, um, I would try to figure, trying to figure out what I want to get rid of. I would put everything in one side that I want to get rid of and everything I want to keep, you know, and I try to figure out what I don't need. If anything, I didn't look at. So, you know, sometimes like if I wanted to get rid of things I don't need, like take books and sell them to strands, it would be books that I have to really contemplate. Am I really ever going to read this book? Am I really, do I really need it? If not, I'm going to put it on the side and maybe either give it away or sell it. It's something like that. You have to realize that. And I think the problem with someone like Judas Iscariot and something and some of these guys, they hold on to things that are bad, that are, in a sense, of the world. And usually, you know, um, it's things that are very worldly, very sinful, you know, it's, you know, it's, in, and I think a lot of these men, they have a problem such as pornography. Um, they socialize with the wrong people. Some of them may have gone into the church because it's a good life. Some of them because they've had serious problems before they came into the church and they were badly screened. They were not, you know, they were not, you know, looked up, looked on and examined. And when you become intellectual, uh, John Henry Newman, uh, uh, Cardinal Newman, John, uh, you know, Cardinal Newman said that intellectual men begin to despise their faith. They begin to hate their faith. You know, you go into a world, do you really believe Jesus said all those things? Do you really believe Jesus did all those miracles? Do you really believe he, you know, he walked on water? Do you really believe he multiplied the loaves of bread? And, you know, the Jesus seminar was not intended to save souls. It was not intended for salvation. The intellectual world doesn't care about that. I mean, sort of look at it this way. S imagine someone who belittles you, who always finds every fault about you, doesn't even know who you are, doesn't even know the real you, but they examine you, they study you, they, 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 they're just belittling you and they're tearing you into pieces. It's the same thing with the gospel. These men have no love for Jesus Christ. They have no love for him. They have no love for his church. To them, 
It's a tool for for a meal ticket, and that's all it is. Anyway, I'm glad I read the article, <clears throat> and I'm sure there's going to be more coming along. But I, I'm very happy that Cardinal Sierra wrote this. I'm sorry I didn't find this earlier, but there's going to be a lot more of this, unfortunately. But we have to be on guard. So uh, let's end it with a prayer, and uh, I'll be with you soon. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. God bless my friends and uh, happy Easter. And um, I want to try to come up with other podcasts that I promise maybe next Lent I will do better on some, on, on some of these things. But God bless.